Welcome to Grizzly Peaks Radio. This is Masks of Nyarlathotep for Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition. Dark schemes herald the end of the world. Written by Larry Dottilio and Lynn Willis. 5th edition by Mike Mason, Lynn Hardy, Paul Fricker, and Scott Dahl. Okay, so, <laughs> yes, where did we get to? We got to Jack having a look at a large black statue, moving, wriggling tentacles, it seemed, and, and the statue comes to life. But we're not going to start with Jack. We're actually going to start with Claudia. Oh, no. <laughs> Claudia, up in um, Torvax. And what if you, you've been kind of sitting there, kind of keeping an eye on him, is that right, Claudia? Just kind of waiting for Jack? Right. Yeah? Yes, yes. Okay. You see Lars, he kind of rouses, he kind of coughs a couple of times, and then he kind of, he goes up on one elbow, he's trying to kind of rouse himself, and he opens his eyes, and he goes, you with a, the look of slight surprise, and he says, Mishtein, what are you doing in my cabin? Oh, hello, I was just, you got very drunk, and uh, you took a nap on the bar, so I helped take you back to your cabin. I sounds plausible. <laughs> There were witnesses. <laughs> That's all I was so, going to say. There were witnesses. <laughs> he says, um, I'm so sorry to have embarrassed you so much, Miss Stein. It is fine. It was not my intention, but it is necessary when you have seen the darkness of the cosmos, as I have, to obliterate one's senses. You, you understand, I hope. Oh, I understand. Remember, I was also a captain. When you say that, you kind of like, it, it comes to him and he says, I have lost my way, Miss Stein. How do you mean? Oh, no, I, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> oh, come on. You cannot put, leave that hook there and then just walk away. <laughs> okay, I think now you need to make some kind of um, your persuade role, if that's what you're good at. Or charm, whatever it is you. Forgot to open up my character sheet. Apologies. All right. Okay. I don't even see what I rolled he yet. He says, I have betrayed the brother and sisterhood of naval captains, of sea captains, Miss Stein. I have betrayed our pact to Poseidon. <laughs> no, I don't, know. I don't know where that's going. Uh, <laughs> I betrayed our, our honorable and noble pact. Which one? There are many. <laughs> I am a dishonest man, Miss Stein. You must see that in me. You must see directly into my soul. I am sure. Well, sailors aren't known for being honest necessarily, so I don't see how that's a problem. My soul is like a worm-eaten apple, Miss Stein. <laughs> Get to the point, man. <laughs> I take money from the Penny Foundation to take these things to Shanghai, and I know deep down that these are for dark purposes, Miss Stein. What should I do? How can I reclaim the small shards left of my soul? Well, just don't do it anymore. How can I not do it? I have the ship to pay. I have the men to pay. What should I do, Miss Stein? Uh, Tell me. Well, stop being a coward. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. What should I do, Miss Stein? I I, I feel I have lost my grip on reality, Miss Stein. The darkness, the darkness. You have lost your grip on reality because you have given up your sense of control. 
giving up your literal control. If you don't want to do this anymore, then don't do it. But help me, Miss Stein. I'm not your mother. I can't <laughs> force you to stop. I'm just saying that you are a man, and as a man, you can decide what you want to do and what you don't want to do. I know, you have this ship. Well, get rid of it. Give it to somebody else. Oh, you have all these responsibilities. <laughs> Hand them off to somebody else. You are trapped in a cage of your own making. I, I, I am sorry, Miss Stein. You are right. You are right. I, I am a man. I am not a worm. I am not a lowly worm crawling along on the seabed. Am I? I don't know anymore. What you are not is a dog. A dog follows orders. A dog finds the alpha and then follows the alpha. You are not a dog. You are a captain. Whether or not you are literally a captain or not. You are the captain of your life. I'm a captain, Miss Stein. Even if you give up your ship, at least it will be your choosing. But you must understand, Miss Stein, we do not deliver this shipment in some form or other. They will hunt me down and kill me and all the crew. And that blood would be on my hands. I do not care for my life. Do the crew know? The crew know nothing, Miss Stein. It is only me. Only I, Torvak. The last of the line of Torvaks. You put your crew's lives at stake. Yes, Miss Stein. And you do not tell them what the stakes are. When you see that there's a storm on the horizon, do you tell them, Oh, I think it will be sunny today. No. You need no, to tell I, them. No, I hide in cabin, Mishtein, when there is storm. Are you a captain or not? I don't like not? very choppy weather. You tell them what the stakes are, so that way they can prepare for it. Yes, Mishtein. Yes, Mishtein. I do not know. I must think. Where's pasta vodka? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and we will cut back to Jack in the cargo hold. So, God, I love Torvac. I want him. He's going to be my character in my next game that I play. And so, Jack, we cut back to you. You started seeing this thing moving. You've passed your sanity roll, I think. Is that right? I think you did. Okay, so you're past your sanity roll. So you don't lose any sanity. And then you gasp. <laughs> As you realize that it must have been a trick of the light, this thing just appeared. Something about the material or the, or the way it was carved made it look like it was moving. It wasn't actually moving at all. Thank the gods. At least some of the gods. So, what do you want to do? I feel tempted to, like, kick the box over so this thing falls out, actually, because I I think it doesn't cause any good. I think it will cause bad. And uh, I don't want to destroy it, but... Uh, or maybe... No, would it make... It's going to be extremely heavy. It's a seven-foot-tall obsidian... Right. ...block of stone. Is it standing vertically or is it horizontally? It, it is standing vertically, so theoretically you could. It will make an enormous noise if it crashes, of course, as you must be aware. Right, right. I mean, so, like, okay, pushing it overboard is not an option because it's too heavy, correct? There's no well, way. I, I mean, you'd have to somehow haul. This thing is, was lowered in with ropes on a pulley system, on a pulley arm, so yeah, no, 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 no. Can I briefly <laughs> touch it? I, I want to touch it to see if I feel this energy. This really? Kind of yeah, just but briefly, look, I'm going to be very cautious. Look, 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 before, before. I will actually put something between my finger and the thing, but I do want to kind of... But then you're not touching of, it. Well, I, I think if it's very, if it has strong, strong powers, I will still feel some of this, I think. No, I, I'm only just fucking with you. Um, uh, it doesn't do anything when you touch it. Um, I just want... No, no. It's It feels cold to the touch, and it, it appears to be just a, a very cunningly crafted sculpture to make to look like it was moving. Y'all need to stop touching things. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is unnerving to look at, for sure, because even now you know it's not moving, it's solid. Somehow those 
the tentacles on the face, just the curve of them makes them look like they're wriggling like slowly, you know it's like an optical illusion that looks like they're slowly undulating backwards and forwards. So there are several other boxes. So before I open one of the other unmarked boxes that don't say mechanical equipment, actually I will look quickly if I find any sort of like paper or any object I can put over the head of the statue because I do want to cover up the head of the statue for whatever superstitious reason. Okay, yeah, you find the sack and you put it on top of, on top of Nile Arthotep's head. I'm sure he will be very pleased with that when he finds out. Won't be offended. Won't be offended in any way. Okay, and <laughs> okay, so there are six other boxes. Hmm. Would you like to open them? Yes, yes. Unmarked, they, they yes. They don't say, un okay, unmarked. Uh, I'd like to open the smallest of these, please. So you um, lever off the lid, and what you see inside is unsettling, to say the least. So there's a wooden, kind of a piece of wood, like varnished wood, and attached to it is a brass ring, okay? So if you imagine a piece of wood with a brass ring screwed into it. I'm imagining this, yes. Okay, all right. And impaled on the ring is the skin from two human feet. Oh, nice. Yes, interesting art. Hmm. The skin appears to have been cured, and it kind of looks a bit leatherish but pliable. Oh, I know what it is. Everything. <laughs> because they're impaled on the brass ring, it looks like some nightmarish giant-sized key ring right, right. <laughs> with a couple of human feet hanging off it. And you're going to have to make a sanity roll for, for seeing that, for sure. Are you, are you sure, Andy? Because you know what happens? Jack realizes what all this is, and it's a very logical kind of conclusion. It's not anything of magic. Let me tell you first that you decide if I need to start. All right, it. tell me what you think it is. <laughs> it's a set. It's a building set to bring the pharaoh back to life, and all these different boxes contain different pieces to put it back together. So, like, the big black statues, like the bases, and there's the feet with the skin, and you can put everything together so you will become a person again. That's what this is, I think. It's a building set. So, you know what? You are going to have to make a sanity roll, but, oh, well, right. I, but but this kind of leap of logic you've made—you're fine. You, you you don't you don't lose any sanity. I'm going to give you five more Cthulhu Mythos for leaping yes! to this insane conclusion. I mean, you feel like somehow deep down inside, you feel like you've had some kind of some window has opened up into the reality that this cult is trying to bring about. I mean, you may not be exactly right. You're not sure but you feel like you've made some kind of breakthrough. Can I fuck with the pharaoh by throwing maybe a box that I can carry into the water, like the small one I'm opening, or the object that I'm looking at, can I just take it and like, at least like separate it, like throw it away, maybe into the water, is that a possibility? Oh, I mean, yeah, the thing you've picked up now, you definitely could. But when you pick them up, you feel this kind of tingle of power coming from them. Aha, so now there is a tingle, huh? Yeah, the, these have a sort of tingle of of power about them so you may want to throw them away or you may want to keep well, them I, want to, I feel I want to destroy them actually because out of caution I mean I have this theory that it will bring back this terrible dangerous powerful creature and I can at least weaken it I believe if I destroy parts of it such as its feet which is going to make it immobile I suppose well just to be precise these are human feet they're kind of flesh colored even though they're they're brown you know from what you've seen that the the pharaoh is black he's like 
pitch black, ebony black. They've been sacrificing humans and using their body parts to remake them into a person. That's what Jack is thinking, actually. I don't, I know I don't know that, but I'm suspecting it. I'm suspecting that they were, you know, my, I mean, my intention is just, I, you know, I want to weaken whatever that thing will become. So I do. Can I open up another box? I want to kind of validate my hypothesis. Let me well, open up. you can, yes. Why don't you do that? So why don't you just, because the rest are all the same size. Why don't you roll a, a, four, a d4, please? A d4, yes. I will roll a d4. d4, there we go. Heart. Oh, no, sorry. That's a four. Okay. So, this is another small box, uh, about the same size as the other one. And when you leave her off the lid, maybe you're starting to question your conclusion that you've made. Because inside, you just see a, a conch shell. Do you know what a conch is? Well, a concha, yeah, a, a, a muscle, a muscle, right? A concha. No, no, no. The conch is like the long, kind of conical-shaped shell with the kind of tw- swirly, you know, with the spiral, you know, that you can blow into and it makes this noise. And the shell's dull exterior greatly contrasts to its gorgeous pearlescent interior. Well, I'll take that one first of all, I'll put it into my pocket because it looks nice. Yeah. Do you have a natural world skill? I don't think so. Let me double check, but I never believe I've ever seen it. I do have a 10 points, yes, natural world. Well, you can make a roll if you want. So uh, there are three more. Um, Do you want to roll a a d3 next, if you want to keep going? I'm also thinking I want to maybe go back to see where Claudia is and maybe get her her point, her perspective on this, what we shall continue doing, and maybe even uh, include the others at this point, because I don't know where I would be going with this, opening boxes, opening boxes forever, because I've kind of got the idea. There's weird objects. I have a theory. Might be wrong. Okay, fair enough. Let's get back to Marcus. Marcus. Because it's, I think, by now, it's probably the next. So um, it's evening in the hospital. Uh, You, of course, can get back another three hit points, (laughs) because it's the next day. So you're rocking. Maybe tomorrow you should just discharge yourself. You're, You're in pretty good shape. I'm curious about what was your feelings about that dream you had about meeting the doctor? You've seen enough images of Niall Arthotep in his black pharaoh form to kind of think it's at least something like that, even if you're not entirely sure. Because his skin wasn't black, exactly. It was kind of a grayish color. But he had the tentacle mouthy thing. So, you know, how many... So his thing is probably because... And also, if he had seen him, there probably would have been some... He would have probably felt some kind of anything when he woke up as a bad dream. So he's like, no, this is probably just kind of a metaphor for my... Uh, the part of me that's telling me to stop doing crazy stuff and wi- winding up at death's door. This is all. This is the part yeah. of crying it out with a self-preservation instinct. It's all from my own psyche. So as you're drowsing off at the end of, a, of another very boring day, where maybe your thoughts have flown around the room and maybe flown out the window, and you've imagined yourself flying over the streets of London and just getting out of this sick bed, how appropriate! As your thoughts fl- float off and you start drifting off. Do you want to maybe open yourself up to the possibility of having this dream again, or do you want to resist? He's kind of scared by it, but he doesn't seem to think it was a... So I think he's going to try... No, I'm going to open it up again, because that was an interesting... It was an interesting thing. Even if this isn't a smart move, I want to just do it anyway. <laughs> uh, that's the best answer. That's the best answer. So you, you drift off, and the mists descend, and you drift off. And then, weirdly, you don't know whether you're awake or asleep or dreaming... But you are suddenly in this sort of misty landscape. It's really strange. It's like everywhere there's fog. It might be just your memories of London or... There's no, it's completely featureless. 
there's no buildings there's no streets there's no people there's no cars when you look down all you see is mist on the ground you don't even see the ground beneath your feet it's like you're in this infinite misty landscape what do you feel what do you what do you do what do you think so everywhere it's just mist. I think I'm gonna try I mean you're standing on something but you can't see what it is because everything is is shrouded in mist and it's quite at foot at up to ankle level it's very thick and then it's very wispy everywhere else and it's just gray everything you see is gray and wispy and misty page out of the uh brian's book with the little uh and i'm gonna just do that slowly just to make sure i don't like fall off of anything <laughs> yeah that's a very good idea okay so you start walking because i mean what else is there to do i mean nothing's coming to you you might as well try and, and get to it i suppose and then you see something coming towards you out of the mist it's very strange what you see. You see, it looks like a huge seashell, but it's kind of like a chariot made out of a huge seashell. And it's being drawn by, this is so bizarre, it's actually starting to make you question, <laughs> question what's going on. And it's being pulled by, initially what, what looks like two dolphins. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of leaping up and then leaping down into the mist and then leaping up again in that way that dolphins do. But they're pulling behind this huge seashell and standing in the seashell is some kind of human, like a mat, just a man with a long gray beard wearing these kind of robes. And as they get closer, you realize that these things aren't exactly dolphins. They're sort of dolphins, but they also have these tiny little feathery wings coming out the sides of them and their tails are actually like fish-like rather than dolphin-like they don't go horizontally they go vertically up like fish tails which flap along and their little wings are flapping as well but surprisingly you're not going to have to make a sanity roll for seeing this you may think you should but you don't there's some good hospital drugs yeah these are definitely some good hospital drugs and the dolphins pulling this huge shell they get closer and closer to you and then it kind of and then you hear a voice saying, Whoa! <laughs> and he's pulling back. This guy's pulling back on the reins. You see now that he has this bright ruby red gem in the middle of his forehead. Long flowing grey locks and a long flowing grey beard. And he looks down at you. He's probably about 30 feet away. He, they've stopped. And he looks down at you imperiously from his shell. And he says, Good day, traveller. Hello there, where? Are you, like, Poseidon or something? Poseidon doesn't exist, my friend. Surely you must realize that by now. I mean, I've seen a lot of things I didn't think existed so far. I've just kind of gotten used used to the fact. I'm going, I'm going with it as it goes, you know? Yes, my friend. Those gods, and he makes a little inverted comma sign in the air with his fingers. Those gods that your your ancestors wrote about... None of them exist. You mustn't understand that by now. Hey, they're all these one these guys that I found have been like more mechanically and multi-faced things that you just want to burn up with fire. And then then there's the cats. I don't know if that's a god, but they, they're, they're, those are pretty powerful. They're in this a similar tier. The cats are pretty cool. Other than the cats, he chuckles a little and he says, um, "I can see that you have been exposed to things that you should not have been exposed to, my friend." What is this place, this? Oh, you know, an in-between place. 
So, so it's kind of like, sort of like that, uh, cat place, that dream world that we Somewhat, somewhat. We don't, my type, my kind, we don't bother going to the dreamlands. That's for your kind. It's been a while since I've spoken to a human. I do miss it sometimes, he says, as he kind of just strokes his beard a little and he's looking down at you. The, the, those rather worrying dolphins are kind of chittering away to each other now. And they seem, seems like they're making a joke about you or something because they're kind of laughing <laughs> as they look at you. Well, I thought it best to have a little chat with you because my colleague, he seems to have taken an interest in you and it's not a very good thing. Oh, is he having to have like a tentacly face, racing, uh, a bit menacing? Eh, sometimes. He has many forms, but I prefer to call him the Crawling Chaos. I think that's the best thing to call him. He doesn't like it, you see. I see. Just, just sticking it to him, giving him a little rip. I, I, I can appreciate that. So what is he interested in me for? Well, his schemes are hard to penetrate at the best of times, and this is far from the best of times. But I just thought I'd come and say hello, introduce myself, and let you know that this isn't really happening you are aware of that on some level I am sure but at some point you may need to call on me for real and you have the means to do it I'm just not sure you quite understand definitely use some clarification with that oh, I knew that would be amazing I can definitely use whatever you may be in this fight and I don't mean that as an insulting way you, you seem like a very majestic <sighs> yes I am and I and I simply just can't tell you anymore. That's not how this works. You have to understand. Yeah, the journey is a journey of self-discovery. Step I must make on my own. It is indeed. It is indeed. And time to wake up. Remember, the clock is ticking. And then you feel the ground kind of give way beneath your feet and, and you're just plunged into water. It's like you've been walking on water this whole time and you just kind of get submerged and you're soaked and you start to holding your breath but you're sinking and you're sinking and the pressure's getting stronger until the point at which you're just going to have to give in and, and breathe in that last mouthful of water and as you do and your lungs are like straining and you're bursting and then you open your mouth and the water gushes into your lungs and then you wake up in your hospital bed and you're spluttering and coughing and and actually you almost vomit up this huge like puddle of of seawater <laughs> briny seawater comes out of your lungs and all over your hospital sheets wow I said it wasn't just the drugs <laughs> <laughs> all right claudia torvac seems seems like he's kind of had this epiphany this moment he's realized that he's been wasting his life that he's destroyed his honor he's thrown away all that he held dear once he's sunk into the bottle and he has found despair at the bottom what do you do to help mr torvac i think she probably claps him on the shoulder <laughs> and it's like okay are you ready to be the captain of your own ship a real captain i don't know miss Dinah. i i have forgotten how to be real of the real captain i am scared i am scared the darkness presses in everywhere. 
We are all scared. It's about facing your fear, not being without it. I know, I know. I must, for Mutti. And yes, Miss Stein, I think I know what I must do. What must you do, my man? I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. I am not strong enough. What is it that you need? Come with me. Follow. He gets up, and he leads you towards the cargo hold. Jack, you hear footsteps coming down into the cargo hold. I hide behind um, the big box with the pharaoh. Yes, indeed. Well, given that it's dark, I'll give you... Oh, you don't need it. Your stealth is so bloody high. Uh, yeah, just roll. <laughs> I was going to give you a bonus dice, but what? But it's like you don't need it. You really, literally don't need it. Okay, you're, you're well hidden. And you see the bizarre sight, really, I suppose, of Torvac, Captain Torvac, leading Claudia down mm-hmm. into the cargo hold. Yeah. And Torvac sees that some of the boxes have been opened. And he says, oh... They are so sloppy with their work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I pay them so much. I don't pay them a lot, but by captain, by shipping standards. Are these the cursed objects you were talking about? Cursed? Well, I don't understand what you say. Like the dark, in the dark ones, the. Huh? No. Is that what you were talking about? Oh, that is a metaphor, miss. No. This is not magic or curse. This is science, miss. Science. I looked inside one of the shipments last time. It was full of the most incredible machinery. They are building something very bad. But here, I'm no mechanic. I understand a little. Not enough. This is science beyond my knowledge. But I know how to break things, miss. (laughs) <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Here, take," and he hands you a crowbar, and he's got like a he's got a sledgehammer. <laughs> Damn, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, "Wait, I must close door, otherwise crew here, I think." And so he goes up and closes <laughs> closes the hatch, and he says, "Let us work." <laughs> Claudia's so into this, yes. <laughs> so you see him get on, climb up on a stepladder, and then he, he just starts smashing the machinery parts inside the box. He says, yes, smash, kill, crush. This is what, this is me, my soul, it returns. <laughs> okay, so, so Claudia's going to be opening up boxes and stuff like that, but she'll only destroy things that look like she doesn't want to actually take them herself, you know? Okay, yes. Well, he's very much focused on these machine parts that uh, that you're seeing uh, him access. Oh, I will also be trying to keep an eye out for Jack, by the way, because I know that he was here. <laughs> then again, he has really good stealth, so I don't know if I can see him. Indeed. Also. So I'm signaling to Claudia using my right hand and my face that I'm here. Claudia! Jack, right here. Claudia! It's one turn. I'm going to look look at him, and I'm going to give him, like, a thumbs up. And also hold up my crowbar. So, Kylie, are you joining in with the gleeful destruction of incredibly complex and probably incredibly powerful and expensive scientific machinery? <laughs> not, that I'm, not that I'm... Well, so, again, my intention here is anything that we can take with us, I want to take with us. But anything that, like 
we're not going to be able to easily take with us. I'd rather it be destroyed or just not be available than it just be out in the world. So if there, if it looks like there's anything I could take, then she might just like put it in like a pile beside. <laughs> because if he doesn't think this stuff is cursed and he just like wants to like fuck with it, then it might not be a big deal if I take a couple of things I think are interesting. Yeah, for sure. There's a few unopened ones, and maybe you, you open those. And uh, the first one you open has a sandstone carving of a bat-winged creature. It's about two feet tall. The figure is leaping forward, its wings unfurling behind it. Instead of a face, it has a single bulbous eye, which has three bulbous lobes in the eye. You don't need to make a sanity roll for seeing it, but it is fucking weird. And but you can make a Cthulhu Mythos roll. I have a one Cthulhu Mythos. You have a one, so you know you don't you don't know what it is. There's a higher risk of me fumbling than there is succeeding. <laughs> that is true. Um, the next one you open up has this very small. Um, it's only six inches high, dark rosewood statuette of a figure dressed in the clothing of a English highwayman. Ooh. The face is an unsettling cross of man and goat. And actually, you could make um, an occult roll if you have any occult skill. I don't know if you do. I do not. No, you don't. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. so you don't know what that is. <laughs> and then the final one you open up. Now, this is something you may want to... Po- I mean, you may want to pocket the other two. They are definitely pocketable, or at least carryable. The last one you open up has a Chris knife in it. Now, you you may or may not know what a Chris knife is. It's that wavy-bladed knife that is used in Southeast Asia. It's about 12 inches long. What was once probably a very beautiful and elegant blade has corroded and dulled with age, and inscribed along the length of the blade are strange symbols. So, I mean, that one is definitely pocketable. Okay, I'm definitely taking that one. Okay. Do you want to take the little six-inch-high <laughs> devil statue? Yeah, I want to take anything, like, cause, so, like, she's going to take anything that she thinks be able to figure out what it is. Okay, all right, so you can take those. And the last one you open up has a large painting in it, wrapped in brown paper. Claudia learned. She might take it with her, but she's not going to open it. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite large. It's probably about four feet high, so it's not exactly... You can't really... It'd be very obvious to Torvac or to anyone else who saw it that you're carrying a, a large painting with you. Okay, well, Claudia's going to put it to the side because she's going to use the argument that you can't destroy art. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. During all this time, you see that um, Torvac has gone from box to box, slamming things. You hear the splintering of glass, the the tearing of metal, and he's kind of gleefully shouting out, Yes, yes, I find my soul is returning with every blow of my mallet. As he hits and smashes and grinds up these probably priceless (laughs) scientific (laughs) machines. And... After a little while, are you joining in or are you just going to kind of stand and, and watch him do this? Maybe she'll just... She's going to be opening up boxes, but she's not necessarily going to be destroying things. Right, right. But she's definitely not stopping. Do you have a mechanical skill at all? I'm pretty sure no. Okay. Let me just look over everything, but I'm pretty sure no. Ah, uh, but you were a submarine captain, weren't you? Yeah. Okay, you know what? You can make me your pilot, your navigate pilot role thing. Whatever that is. Okay. Wait, that's not right. 
Oh, no. sorry, I chose natural world. That's not what I was trying to do. Oh! Ah, could I spend nine luck? Yes, you can. Cool. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, so in one of the boxes you look at with the machine parts in, it's very hard to really understand what you're looking at. It seems to be something somewhat akin to the propeller system in a submarine, but not really. I mean, that's the closest kind of comparison you can think of, but it really isn't. It's way, way more complicated and way more weird than anything you've ever seen in the engine room of a, of a submarine. And then at that point, Torvac comes over to the box that you're looking at and he's saying, oh, oh, what have I done? What have <laughs> I done, Claudia? You've tried to free yourself. I am a fool. I was going to say that they got damaged in transit, but uh, I do not think this much damage is really realistic. This is an interesting country. <laughs> well, I'll say there was a storm. There's a lot of storms in the southeastern ocean. That makes sense. You could throw them overboard. Yeah. And then he goes smashing the last one to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as he seems to have regained his uh, composure. He says, I will probably die because of this, but it was worth it, I think. You will die as who you are. <sighs> okay, okay. So shall we just segue then to a little while later, once all this wanton destruction of the most advanced science known to humanity has, has finished, yeah? Sure. I'm assuming that, that Jack has stayed hidden all this time, right? I've stayed hidden all this time. Okay, so you see Torvac and Claudia then leaving the cargo hold. You see that Claudia has got some bulging pockets, <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, Torvac has not noticed because he's, he's kind of... You see, you see he's kind of standing up a bit straighter and his shoulders are a bit more, you know, he's pushed back a bit and he seems to have regained something of his majesty that he once must have had. You see that Claudia has kind of taken the large painting out and just leaned it against the side of the box, perhaps waiting, ready for you to, to slip away with, if you want to, of course. Of course, the big black pharaoh statue is, is still sitting there in its casing. Okay. But you do now have a sledgehammer and a crowbar to hand. Yeah, I was going to say that. I would like to destroy the face of the pharaoh and the tentacles with the sledgehammer. Very good, very good. All right. What bad could possibly come of smashing Niall Arthur face with a sledgehammer? So I think you just have to roll a strength roll, to be honest. So you swing the sledgehammer with all your might, and it just basically shears off the whole lower part of the face. All the writhing tentacles are just smashed off. And utterly bizarrely, you smash them off, but they don't just shear off in this flat plane like you'd expect or, or, or in this cracked formation. They shear off, and what's left underneath is a human face. Well, there was a bag over there. Hmm. Remember the bag? There was a paper bag. The, the paper bag, I guess, just got destroyed by the hit, right? Well, you had to take it off to smash the tentacles okay. off. Okay. So there's a human face below, right? Is that face alive? Is that a, 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 an alive face? No, like, no, no. Or... It's, it's the statue. Okay. It's utterly incomprehensible. And... I'm not going to make you make a sanity roll for this, even though it's utterly weird. Do you want to carry on trying to smash? Actually, yes. I'd like to smash into that face that appears, yes, and see what happens. I'm curious now. <laughs> so you smash it off and, and more tentacles appear on it. You, you keep going forever. Okay, make another, make another face strength tentacles, roll. Face tentacles, face tentacles, face tentacles, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, all the way down. I'll just keep it the way I, I'd like it to keep, okay? So not much success there then. 
Roll another uh, strength roll then. Actually, what I'll say is, even though you rolled 97, I think I'll narrate this slightly differently. You absolutely smash it down in the face with full force. And the sledgehammer just sort of bounces off and doesn't leave any damage at all. Okay. Okay, so no success there. What about the paintings? Oh, there's a painting, you said, right? Because I wasn't... Yeah, there's a four-foot high painting. And you don't know what's on the painting? But wrapped in brown paper. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I'm very cautious because I think I've once got sucked into a painting and I've seen, you know, unpleasant things. So I don't necessarily want to look into it, but I would like to see what it is. And the reason why Claudia left it there was because she couldn't take it. Is that correct? So yeah, I'm taking the painting and I'm going after the cabin where I hope to find them. Okay, all right. Let's just skip on a bit again. Let's say that all happened. You went up. Claudia was there, maybe drinking more vodka with Torvac to the point where he had passed out again. But he passed out with a different kind of demeanor. He passed out with the, the drunken spirit of a warrior rather than the, the, the defeated, twisted soul of a, the uh, lifelong alcoholic. I think that's a better way to send him off to wherever he's off to next. And so you can, you can easily then sneak off the boat with Claudia. Um, unless you want to do anything more on the boat, but it seems like you've probably pushed your luck. I think we've pushed our luck. Okay, so let's cut to a little bit later. And Gwen. Yes? You wake up. You dozed off. Of course you do. Cause oh, you're, of course. You're old. Yeah, well, you're I take naps. Take naps. Love naps. Yeah, whenever you can get a chance, you take oh, a yeah. nap. Especially since I'm uh, super hungover from not having opium in forever. I'm always sleeping. And you look around you, and, and Cole also dozed off. But there's no sign of Bill. And, but you do notice a little note stuffed onto the dashboard in front of you. I pick it up and I read it. And it says, in Bill's hand, it says, I can't waste the time messing about with you lot down here when Jamie's up in Derby. I've got to go and find him. I'll see you when I see you. And Gwen nods to herself and she's like, yeah, good shit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good old Bill. <laughs> Taking care of family, very loyal. And I'll just tuck that back onto the dashboard. Smoke another cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at that moment you see Claudia and Jack coming through the fog towards you. Um, they seem to be carrying quite a lot of stuff with them. Okay, so what did you discuss in the car? Did you want to tell them what, about the note you just read from Bill? Yes, yes. <laughs> I will immediately do that, yes. I will show them the note for each of them to read as they want. Oh, fuck's sake. You took off. When is the ship planning to leave the dock, do we know? Yeah, it's, it's like the next morning. Okay, I don't, I'm not sure if the cops would even have time to get here to arrest him. What time of day is it now? Well, the cops are here. Oh, they are here. Oh, you're right. Yes, that's right. Yes. They've been patiently sitting there waiting for... <laughs> waiting for and and the, you can imagine their conversation. It's like, bloody hell, what, what was Barrington on about? These lot, they don't do anything except go to the fucking pub. <laughs> <laughs> They're expecting, like, just fist fight after gunfight after, yeah. mon- you know, monsters appearing out of the sky. <laughs> You've just gone to the pub and then just gone and sat on a ship for a bit. <laughs> Well, they're going to see our magic soon. That's right. Well, fuck it, give me the painting. I want to look at it now. And I'm ripping the painting open. I'm looking at it. Hey, great. Action. That's what we Can need. Can we um, set this up? So I will recommend, uh, Jacques, if you want to look at the painting, totally, 100% support. Perhaps do it in the back seat while we are sitting in the front seat. So if something bad happens to you, we can hear it. 
but we won't well, see it, how, how about and we will I, know. You leave the car while I do it, because if it's something really bad, then only I would get, you know... Okay, you know, fine. Uh, it shows. Ah, oh, a picturesque English churchyard, seen at twilight. How lovely. A full moon casts light upon rows of headstones. Hmm. And as you look closer, you can see bestial figures emerging out of the ground. Humanoid, but with long talons and evil-looking wolf-like faces. Mm -hmm. mm. And at the bottom is signed the artist's name, Miles Shipley, uh, 1924. Him. And you are going to have to make a sanity roll here. Okay, so you lose one sanity point. That's that's all. Just for seeing this, Miles Shipley. And can you make me a spot hidden roll? Oh god, you're so good at spot Extreme. hidden. Oh, and with that, absolutely, absolutely true. You recognise the church in the painting. Where was it? Where was that church? You've seen it before. Derby, Derby. You've seen it before. It was in Derby, next to the pub. I even mentioned the church. I remember seeing it on the map. Yeah, it was close to the pub. Like up the road to the right, and then it's on the left. That's where the bloody church. Coming up out of the ground, monstrous creatures with wolf-like faces. Werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. Make an occult. Do you know have any occult skill? Okay, so a little bit shocking, but nothing. It's actually quite a beautiful painting, except for these monstrous creatures coming up out of the soil in the graveyard. Um, maybe you want to just close it into the boot. You don't think there's anything more interesting than that about it? Well, I'll tell my friends about it then. There were some werewolves in a church up in Darby there. What do we do? Ah, okay. looks like we must go back to Darby. I mean, I guess we should get back to the hotel. Should I call the police and let them know that we have proof of contraband on there? Or proof that yeah, they... Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to talk to the police that are already... Let's maybe tell the police that they should be very, like, tender with the captain. He's a good man. <laughs> yes. <Careful. laughs> uh, whether they listen to me or not is another matter. <laughs> That's, but, that um... is their call. All right, you tell them then that you found not only misdirected labels, but also contraband objects, artifacts, probably being smuggled out and whatever... So as you leave the uh, Limehouse Basin and the long ships of the uh, shipping companies of the world behind, you see a squad of policemen going onto the vessel. And actually, they're, they're coming back down, and they've got Torvac and a couple of the other sailors in handcuffs. Oh, and so they're mean. Honestly, I'm, I'm very unhappy about this, because he was a good man. I really don't agree that we should have... I don't know. I'm very sad. Guys, we know a lawyer. We can call Carlton Ramsey and have him represent this dude abroad. <laughs> He's an American Over phone. lawyer. And as you pull away, maybe you feel a little bit of guilt or maybe a bit of, well, it was necessary. No, it's very unfair. It's very unfair. All right, so you're going to head to St. Bart's Hospital and pick up your boy? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Why not? Okay, I think you should all be reunited. You've been apart for too long. And Marcus has had such an interesting <coughs> time of it. So you make it in one piece for once uh, to St. Bart's and then Marcus is kind of waiting for you with uh, maybe he's got a bunch of flowers he's sitting there in the outpatients department with a bunch of flowers and a box of uh, toffees <laughs> or something hey, how are you feeling boy? I've been alright I had a couple of crazy dreams with the I saw a weird uh, fish man I saw just this strange technical face man bizarre times bizarre times so you got good drugs. You got some good shit in here in this hospital. Damn. Yeah, well, I'll see if they, uh, if I can 
get some. I wanted to see if I could get something to go, but. Ah, shame. Yes. <laughs> so now you're telling everyone this. They can all make a Cthulhu Mythos roll. Yeah. Oh, good. I won't. The chances of me failing is too high. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair sake. enough. From the description that Marcus gives you of this weird guy, you realize that what he described to you is the god Nodens. 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 Oh, you, shit! Who you have a mask of, or at least part of a mask is of him. Mm. And Zara mentioned that, uh, I think it was Zara mentioned, like, oh, yeah, we don't really like Nodens. He's, like, not in line with our crazy murder uh, virtues. So we might be a cool dude, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Nodens. And, of course, you know you have this this very powerful mask that allows you to, to at least do something with these gods. You don't know, not sure what. So there's two things, two things that you you understand from what they've described, and you're not sure how you access this knowledge because it's it's just something that's just somehow been implanted in your brain in recent times. But you're pretty sure from the way Claudia described the the fabrication of these things. Firstly, they are beyond any kind of scientific knowledge that anyone on the planet has, probably including you. So that is the first really messed up thing. <laughs> that you understand from it. The second is is that they're made from some kind of titanium alloy. The way she described the color and the forms and how they were molded, they're some kind of titanium alloy, but not one you've ever heard of. It seems an almost impossible material that they're made from. And the third part is that wasn't... The thing that she thought was a propeller, you are convinced is something... That they're the valves used in reaction motor control. Space thrusters? Oh my god. Okay, so. Oh, okay. That's what you see. That's what reaction control means, Mr. Abate. It's 1925. They're from the fucking future. Yeah. Spacecrafts. Boys, we're going to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Cthulhu's on the moon. Oh, can we please go to the moon? I love that. Shame you smashed it all, really, isn't it? But um... <laughs> oh, I want to go to the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs>